0: listen to Latin Waves. I'm your host, Sylvia Richardson. I'm delighted this morning to be joined by Jorge Martí. He's the secretariat of Hands Off Venezuela. Thank you for joining us, Jorge. It's a pleasure. Now, Latin America is familiar with uh, military invasions by the United States, and um, So it comes as no surprise the multiple attempts to disrupt the democratic process in Venezuela. Can you talk a little bit or perhaps paint a picture of what the situation has been in the region since last January 2019 when um, the U.S. decided to impose a new government in Venezuela?
1: Uh, yes, as you say, it's uh, one year now since uh, the latest attempt by the United States to remove the government of uh, Venezuela. Uh, we, we should uh, remember that this, this started in January 2019 when uh, Juan Guaidó, the president of the National Assembly, declared himself, proclaimed himself to be the president of Venezuela and he was immediately recognized by Trump, even though he had no, no legitimacy to proclaim himself as president. And this was the beginning of a process which lasted five or six months of intense pressure from the United States to achieve regime change in Venezuela. And this involved all sorts of things, uh, tightening up of the sanctions, which now involve uh, oil and oil blockade, The uh, several appeals for the army to carry out a coup, an actual coup which failed in the month of uh, April, at the end of April last year, an attempt to breach the borders of uh, Venezuela in February under the guise of uh, humanitarian aid and a whole number of uh, calls by Juan Guaidó and the Venezuelan opposition for U.S. military intervention, which which never materialized, but uh, which was a a very clear and present uh, danger. After six months, however, Juan Guaidó had completely failed in his attempts, which were as, as a matter of fact, attempts by the United States. He, he was just the executor, if you want, or, or the puppet, which was uh, acting on behalf of uh, Washington. And he had completely failed. They had miscalculated a whole number of things. He had miscalculated how loyal the army was to the elected government of uh, Maduro. They had miscalculated the anti-imperialist feeling of the Venezuelan people who came out on the streets in the, in the millions against this uh, attempted uh, regime change, and uh, finally all the threats and bravado on the part of the United States came to nothing because they were not, at that time, they were not prepared to carry out an actual military invasion for fear of the consequences that this will have throughout uh, the region. So the, the, the attempt, the regime change attempt, was completely defeated. At the beginning of this year, 2020, Juan Guaidó went on a tour with a number of European and and North American capitals. And he tried to shore up support for for his initiative. At that time, he was in a very bad state. It had been proven that he had used the services of Colombian paramilitary narco traffickers in order to cross the border on a couple of occasions. He had been accused by his own friends in the Venezuelan opposition of uh, embezzlement of money that was supposed to go to humanitarian aid. And he, he was in a serious crisis. So he then decided to go on a tour of his sponsors in uh, Europe, London, in uh, in Washington and uh, Ottawa and to try to shore up support for his uh, campaign. But But this didn't really work very much. But in the last month or so, maybe month, two months, uh, we have seen uh, stepping up of the campaign again, the campaign against uh, the Venezuelan government. We have seen a number of different things. The U.S. has now put um, President Maduro and a number of uh, government officials on a most wanted list and has offered a reward of up to $15 million uh, to anyone who offers information that will lead to the cap- to their capture and, and handing over to the United States, that's one. Uh, it has also sent uh, the fleet, the US Navy, to the Caribbean with the excuse of fighting narco-trafficking, when in reality everyone knows that most narco-trafficking from, America, from South America to the US takes place from Colombia and through the Central American or Pacific uh, routes, not through the Caribbean. So that's just an, an excuse. But they've sent uh, warships war to the Caribbean to put more pressure on Venezuela. More recently, this, this week, they, tried to, they threatened to stop uh, a number of uh, Iranian oil tankers that were taking gasoline to Venezuela, uh, which they failed to do. But most, uh, the most dangerous or most worrying uh, development was that on the 3rd of May, a number of mercenaries and paramilitaries were seized in uh, La Guaira, in the coast just off the capital uh, Caracas, uh, which were part of, a, of an attempt to carry out a, a military disembarkment in uh, Venezuela. Uh, against uh, the government and to to try to overthrow the the government. This this is a very complicated uh, story, but can be summarized in this. A number of Venezuelan deserters, deserters from the Venezuelan army, were organized and led by uh, U.S. mercenaries, led by one uh, Jordan Goudreau, who's a former U.S. um, Special Forces soldier, who who runs a, a mercenary agency. They were organized to try to overthrow the government and they had done so on the basis of a contract. They had signed a contract with Juan Guaidó and a number of his um, uh, representatives in the United States, JJ Rendon and uh, others. And this contract was a contract for the overthrow of the Venezuelan government and for handing over um, uh, uh, President Maduro to the United States. So it's not very clear how much direct involvement the U.S. administration had in this attempt, but it's clear that this attempt was the result of the fact that the the, the Trump Trump administration has offered a 15 million dollar reward for for the head of uh, Maduro, and it's also quite clear that uh, that nothing happens in the Venezuelan opposition without Washington being fully aware of it. So whether they they, they were backing this operation or they knew and said nothing in the hope that it will go right. Uh, we don't we don't really know the details. This will emerge later on. But what is true is that there was a serious attempt of a mercenary invasion of Venezuela, which was foiled uh, on the 3rd of uh, May. And the, the, those responsible for this attempt at the military invasion of Venezuela, was quite clearly the, the Venezuelan opposition led by Guaido, and uh, the Trump administration in in the United States, which has made no secret of their aims to remove the Venezuelan government. I will say that this this is what's been happening in Venezuela. Lots of other things have been happening in other countries. There was, as as we know, a coup, a right-wing reactionary coup in uh, Bolivia in October. And there were two uprisings, two massive insurrections in Ecuador and Chile, also in October and October-November in the case of Chile which uh, put the governments of these two countries against the ropes and this was, was these this were mass popular uprisings of, of the youth, women, workers, peasants, indigenous communities and so on against uh, the IMF inspired austerity packages of cuts and, and attacks on living standards on the part of these uh, governments, the government of Lenin Moreno in Ecuador and the government of uh, Sebastián Piñera in uh, Chile. So. We can see that the situation is very convulsive throughout Latin America, and to all of this, we need to add the impact of the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic, which has been especially strong in countries like uh, Chile, Brazil, Ecuador, and, and Peru, where the authorities have done nothing to to prevent the spread of the of the pandemic.
0: It's quite uh, timely, you know, in a time where the world is being told to self-isolate, to protect against the pandemic, that, you know, the U.S., plan for um, imperialism continues to, you know, aggress. Now, for us in Latin America, this is not news. The U.S. did invade uh, Grenada in 1983 to uproot the New Jewel movement, so it's um, it's not surprising that they would um, take such aggressive actions against Venezuela, which has been an example of a new democratic process, you know, for the past 20 years. So, one thing that I think we need to address is um how the the this so-called war on drugs has been so um, efficient at you know putting people to sleep in the narrative. you know we we've forgotten how popular that became in the 1980s during the dirty wars in Latin America. We've forgotten how this so-called war on drugs has been very you uh, uh, has been utilized to take political activists, you know, out of the streets, you know, under petty charges of so-called drug trafficking, whereas the the real trafficking it continues to be ignored. Can we talk a little bit about this tactic? Because there are many tactics to invade a country. You know, there's the, the media, you know, the kind of mass... Um, uh, the, the the kind of ma- you know mass messaging that people get through the through the news, and also the in, you know the imposition of sanctions, how the two go together with this rhetoric of Venezuela being a trafficking nation.
1: Yes, I mean this this is one of the um, ideas that uh, the United States has been pushing in order to justify the imperialist intervention in in Venezuela. But there's no grounds for this. Uh, in, if you look at the DEA reports, the reports of the um, of the Drug Enforcement Agency of the United States, their their official reports give very detailed information about uh, drug seizures in the United States uh, and where they, and where they come from. And it's clear to everyone, uh, anyone who knows anything about this matter, that most of the drugs that are consumed in the United States that are coming from America, from, from the American continent, come from Colombia. Their the first, first uh, origin is Colombia. And the DEA reports it themselves say that between 96 and 98 percent of the drugs that are trafficked out of Colombia into the United States go through Central America and through the Pacific uh, route, not through the Caribbean. So that, that in itself just tells you that this, this is not true, according to their own uh, reports. Uh, and then they've been uh, trying to invent all sorts of stories, you know, I mean, it's not just narco trafficking. At one point they said that uh, Hezbollah, which they describe as a terrorist organization, uh, had a base in Venezuela, in the island of uh, Chile. But they never provided any proof, and no one's ever been found, and this is probably the most unlikely place for Hezbollah to have a training uh, camp, why will they have a training camp in a country which speaks a completely different uh, language, uh, hundreds, thousands of miles uh, away, there's no links, it doesn't make any sense uh, logically, but that's, that's, not, uh, that's not the aim. The aim is not to have a logical, coherent story, but the aim is just to have a number of headlines, so that if the headlines say Venezuela is, an, is, a, is a terrorist collaborating country, if uh, the headline says that Venezuela is a hub for narco-trafficking, if Venezuela is a, is a country that collaborates with guerrilla organizations in other countries, then this somehow prepares public opinion to support imperialist uh, intervention but I mean uh, it's up to the United States to present any proof or any evidence that they might have about these things and they have never never been able to present uh, evidence Uh, on the contrary as I say their own reports from their own agencies in this case the DEA clearly state that 98 percent of drugs that trafficked from Colombia into the United States they do so through Central America and through the Pacific uh, route and in fact It's it's quite ironic, if you want, that the Colombian government, which is a right-wing reactionary government of uh, of Iván Duque, is a close ally of the United States, and uh, it's quite clear that the government has not done enough to eradicate uh, drug trafficking, Uh, and in fact, that government agencies are are involved in in this; Uh, they are either participant or complicit in the drug trade from uh, Colombia, it couldn't happen in any other way. And uh, <coughs> nevertheless, the attitude of, the, of Washington towards the Colombian government is one of friendship and close collaboration, while uh, they, they they charge the, the Venezuelan government, which is uh, innocent from any of this, with uh, narco-trafficking, it doesn't make any sense.
0: It's also well known that there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, you know, that led to that invasion and there is no um, trafficking happening in Venezuela. One thing that we need to point out though is that this the United States has tried, um, in the era of you know um, mass communication, people are also communicating. We're also more aware and more attuned to the tactics of imperialism. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the role of the Lima Group and how this has Proven to be a failure in many ways because um, by using Canada as, as ally as this you know PR form of you know presenting this as a process of democratizing the region of bringing democracy to Venezuela, um, there have been many crimes committed. I, and perhaps you can talk a little bit about how the wealth of Venezuela has been stolen, how many of the resources have been taken, and what. What the impact this has had on the country's ability to provide for its people in a time such as the COVID pandemic?
1: The Lima Group has, to all intents and purposes, ceased to exist because it was created specifically with the aim of overthrowing the Venezuelan government. And once that failed last year, they basically given up. uh, No, not completely given up, but they given up the, the effort at that time uh, and so the Lima Group hasn't met for months and months. Um, in fact, the legal status of the Lima Group is very um, suspect because there is already a body in in uh, the Americas, which is called the Organization of American States, which has traditionally been under the under the domination of the United States. In fact, it was created in the 1950s, uh, early 1960s, in response to the cuban revolution the cuban revolution has been always uh, excluded from the lima sorry from the organization of american states but uh, the reason why they had to create the lima group is because they couldn't get the resolutions passed in the oas because in the o- oas i think you need a thirds majority to pass a resolution and they couldn't get there were a number of countries that were abstaining a number of countries voting against the countries that are allies to Venezuela across the continent in the Caribbean and so on. And uh, they wouldn't vote for any of the resolutions that the the United States were were pushing. So then they they created a group. The only thing that was uniting the countries in the Lima group was that they were opposed to the Venezuelan government and they wanted to use extra legal uh, methods to remove it. So that's all that united them. Uh, this this is a list of who's who in the most reactionary countries in the continent, Canada included. Um, and the other point about the humanitarian aid and, and the money uh, and so on, this, this is a very scandalous uh, situation. For instance, the IMF offered third world countries uh, a certain amount of money to deal with a, the with a COVID-19 pandemic. And, and unlike other countries, IMF funds in the past, this came with no conditionalities <clears throat> and very favorable uh, terms. This wasn't a big amount of money, but it was an offer that was that was made at the, at the time, two months ago. Venezuela applied for this, for this money and uh, it was rejected. Uh, one can discuss whether it was wise of Venezuela to apply for this money because... Although this money came with no immediate conditionalities, there are always uh, strings attached. But in any case, Venezuelan government applied for this money and the IMF refused on the grounds that, they, that, that there's a dispute about whether the Venezuelan government of Maduro is recognized as the Venezuelan government. So. Even at the time of a, of, a, of a pandemic which threatens the lives of tens of thousands of people in all of these countries, they, they don't let go. They don't let up in the, in the sanctions regime and, and so on. There's another aspect which is not very very well known, which is that the, the Bank of England here in, in London is withholding 1.2 billion uh, pounds, um, which is about 1.5 billion dollars in Venezuelan gold, which is deposited in the Bank of England for safekeeping but they are refusing to give it to the Venezuelan uh, government and there's now a legal dispute which started a couple of weeks ago uh, for the Venezuelan government has demanded that this be given back to Venezuela. In fact they have suggested that the money be administered not directly by the Venezuelan government but by the UN development program. So that it can be used only for the purchase of food and medication, and still the the British government and the Bank of England are, are refusing. So you can see the the nature of imperialism is that they, they don't even care about uh, human life, not even at a time of such of such uh, uh, a health crisis as is the the COVID-19 pandemic.
0: For people who are concerned, uh, not just for the future of. The possibility of creating democratic social movements, the leaders out of capitalism. You know, one could argue that this pandemic has made very clear the failure of capitalism, and that uh, in many ways, this crisis has also come to aid. Capitalism because this pause will cause so many people to collapse, so many companies to crush, and that usually proves very beneficial for the capitalists who come and take over the foreclosures and just, you know, devour what those who fall. Um, so, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how do we not only keep the dream alive that a different world is possible, that we can co-create a society that is just where people have the right to elect the government they elect, and the right to govern, to self-govern themselves, you know, in the face of such imperialistic aggression um, that seems so prevalent and never-ending.
1: Yes, I will, I will say that uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic and the way it's been dealt with by, by governments around the world has revealed the real nature of capitalism. First first of all, because if it had not been for decades of austerity and cuts in healthcare and, and social protection networks, uh, the world would have been much better prepared, much ready to, to deal with the pandemic. Second, because everywhere the governments have prioritized the profits of the capitalists before the lives of uh, people, for instance, in relation to the lockdown. In many countries, industry continued to work, the construction sites continued to work in conditions where it is impossible to keep uh, social distancing and prevent uh, the contagion, only because this was, um, this was profitable to keep these places of work uh, open. Uh, and when people have to stay at home, who, who, who pays for their, for their wages? And in fact, what we've seen during this crisis, a massive transfer of money from the states, uh, from the government budgets to the capitalist uh, companies. And, and this will have to be paid one way or another by working people later on, in the form of austerity, in the form of taxes, in the form of cuts. And, and so on. So I think that this pandemic has also created a situation where this has been clear, this, this nature of capitalism has been made clear to millions of people who previously were not particularly interested in politics. And it's created a, a mood which will be reflected sooner or later in political uh, action. There's been a transformation of the consciousness of millions of people. I think it is very favorable time for the struggle for a better society. And a better society basically means that we <clears throat> use the resources that already exist, human, material, technological resources, uh, in a democratic way, in the benefit of the interests of the majority of the population, not, not the interest of a small minority, a small handful of unelected, unaccountable uh, parasites. This is what a better society means, in, in my opinion and that's what socialism that's what socialism means
0: i i think for us it's also good to remember that the year 2020 began with an energy of Uh, revolution, you know, when we see countries around Venezuela also rising up and turning against, you know, neoliberal governments and putting them on notice. You know, we are the people and we will choose the government. So perhaps we could um, bring our interview to a close by not only celebrating, but perhaps uh, our resilience as Latin Americans to fight off imperialism, to ward off uh, colonization and to decolonize our minds to imagine a world without capitalism, a world without imperialist nations governing over us. So what inspires you and how do you keep not only your dreams of uh, a society that is just alive, but how do you energize others who come in contact with you and how do we become a contagion of social justice worldwide?
1: Yes, I I will say that the the times are very favorable for explaining the ideas of, of socialism. People are coming already to this conclusion that the system is not working system is unable to protect uh, lives, is unable to protect basic uh, rights like uh, housing, education, healthcare, And so that's not the difficulty. The, uh, also, many people are already on the move. As you, as you said in, in October, November, we saw massive uprisings in uh, Chile and Ecuador, but also big movements in countries like Colombia which is traditionally considered, regarded to be considered to be a, a right-wing country where the right wing has a stronghold of of domination and uh, even in the United States you see in the last few days this massive uprising in Minneapolis against police brutality police killings uh, which is going beyond the immediate cause that uh, triggered this this uh, uprising and really, the police and, and the governor are on the defensive. Today, I think uh, Trump has sent the National Guard. This, this is unprecedented. Uh, and this just reflects the enormous rage that is uh, accumulated. The, the only thing that remains to to be done is to put all of these threats into a coherent uh, understanding, coherent explanation of why capitalism doesn't work and why socialism is the alternative and this is the task that we are doing. What we've seen is that during the lockdown we have been running lots of study groups, discussions and there is an enormous thirst, there is an enormous uh, interest for the ideas of socialism, for the ideas of uh, Marxism and I will really recommend uh, people to uh, to look it up, to uh, study these ideas because in in my opinion the ideas of Marxism, what they provide is a scientific understanding of why this system doesn't work and why we need uh, and how we can build a better a better world.
0: Thank you. In Canada likewise the Wet'suwet'en people put the Canadian government on notice when they refused to let pipelines through their territory and it's only because of this pandemic that the public has lost sight of the enormous victories they gain and the enormous visibility that they given to the colonizing process that continues you know, here in Canada and in many places in the world. Um, So as we come to a close, how can people access your work? How can people get in touch and learn more about socialism for the 21st century?
1: Yes, I mean, I'm, as you said at the beginning, the secretary of the Hands of Venezuela campaign. People can find out more about what is happening in Venezuela and how we can organize solidarity with uh, the Venezuelan uh, people against imperialist intervention through the Hands of Venezuela campaign. We have a website, handsofvenezuela.org, and you can also find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and, and so on. I'm also on the editorial board of uh, In Defense of Marxism, and this is the the website of the International Marxist Tendency. You can find us also on social media if you look for In Defense of Marxism, and also on our website, which is marxist.com. And uh, we are currently running a number of discussion groups, studies, circles. We're preparing an international online Marxist university in the month of uh, July, which are all invited to attend. And yes, I will really encourage people to find out more about these ideas and join us in the struggle for socialism.
0: Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me in the program. We've come to the end of our show, Latin
0: Waves. Latin Waves is an internationally syndicated weekly program made available through campus and community stations and available out to the world at
1: www.latinwavesmedia.com. Visit Latin Waves Media to hear previous shows, to access resources, or support our efforts towards social change via community project engagement.